Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Good morning everyone. I just want to, before I start, I just want to share, I got that scripture, I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in truth. All that he is able to do through you, it gives him the greatest joy because he said, I have no greater joy than to see that. And I'm so proud of all of you. I think it's amazing. It's amazing what the Lord is doing. Amen. So now, uh, I was going to call you Shane, but your name is still JB. JB asked that we carry on in the book of Ephesians. It is a very, very rich book. There is so much in it. So today, I plan to cover from the second book, Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. But before we start, I want to tell you about these two men that passed away. And they went, they came into the gate, the heavenly gate, and Peter was there to meet them. And he came to the, the first came, and Peter said to him, who are you? Mm. He said, I'm a pilot, and my name is such and such. And Peter said, okay, wait just a minute. Let me look at my books. Oh, yeah, 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 I see you. Oh, welcome. You get a golden scepter, a beautiful robe, and this mansion is for you. Afterwards, he the next came, and he said, who are you? He said, I'm a priest. And he thought to himself, imagine what I am going to get. I've been preaching the word every Sunday for years. So Peter said, okay, and your name? He said, my name is such and such. Let me see. Ah, oh, yeah, I see. All right, well, here's a wooden staff for you. And it was like an old cloak. And there's a shack there for you. And he went, what? You must have mixed us up. And they said, no, 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 no. Up here, we go by results. Whenever the pilot would fly, everyone prayed desperately. But when you would preach, they all fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So please don't fall asleep. (laughs) Do me a favor, stay awake. (laughs) (laughs) So now we are going to start in the book of Ephesians. And we are going to... Now, the first three verses, they are basically about our past. So let's read Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Do I have someone who would like to read it for us in English? Is there anyone who would like to read Ephesians 2, 1, 2, and 3? Who has an English Bible here? Okay. Uh, Who else? Only... Ornella, would you like to read those first three verses for us, please? In chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. Thank you. Trespasses. Oh, you mentioned. You used to love in sin, but like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. All right. Can you see how that talks about our past? Unless if you're not born again. Is there anyone in here who has not yet been born again? If so, we would like to take care of that right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. But so that talks, obviously, that speaks about our past. So now, we have to remember that initially, the Bible was not divided into chapters and verses. So when we study the Bible, we have to keep that in mind, because this is a thought now that is carried over from the previous chapter, from... That, because in my, in my Bible, the King James Version, 
verse 1 starts with the word and. And connects us to the previous thought. It's not a new thought, right? So uh, here it says here then, so what does it connect us to? It connects us to chapter 1, verses 19 to 23. And I'll just quickly read that to remind us. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So we see how God raised Jesus. And here in verse 2, in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, and you have been raised with Jesus. Amen. Amen? Amen. We are raised with Jesus. That's how, that's how that verse the word and connects. And we need to keep that in mind when we study the Bible, that, that chapters and verses were not originally. It was one text that flowed. And that is why, as I think J.B. has told us several times, if you want the context, read the whole book. Don't just pick out one verse or, or one chapter even. For me now to understand what is and referring to, I had to go back to chapter 1. Amen? Amen. So, so what did it say? That what happened in the past? In the past, what were we like? Dead, right? It said we were dead in our sins. We were dead. So, what happens when you're dead? Can you communicate with people when you're dead? Can you talk? Can you do anything at all when you're dead? No, no when you're dead, it's finished, it's mm. over, as far as this world is concerned, right? <coughs> so, it says in James 2:26, for as the body without the spirit is dead. So what is the body without the spirit? Dead. dead. So faith without works is dead also. So when we sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, there was a separation between God and man in spiritual death. Man was no longer able to fellowship with God. There was a loss of spiritual life. In Ephesians 4.18 saying that we were having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. When you're alienated, that means you're separated from the life of God, and your understanding in that state is darkened. It's like you do not grasp the real, the truth, the real, um, the spiritual concepts. You don't grasp it when you're dead. Amen? So they were alienated from the life through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So there was a loss of spiritual life and communion with God. So this separation or death took place in the spirit and resulted in death being passed onto the soul and physical body. Do you remember we are a three-part being, Amen. right? Mm -hmm. Spirit, soul, and body. So if the spirit is dead, there's no life. There's no like eternal life. You see, we have to realize, we have to remember that what does death mean? Who can tell me what death means? Any volunteer to tell me what death means? Does death mean that I cease to exist? No. 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 What does death mean? Say again. Who is talking? Raise your hand so I can come with the microphone. What does death mean? You know it, I know you know it. Who wants to tell us? Into a body in the absence of life. Yeah. It's separation from God. Your body, but like Davy said, it also means your physical body. 
You know that your physical body is your vehicle with which you can live and operate in this world. But once your vehicle is gone, you're dead to this world. Mm -hmm. But you see you, the core of you, continue to exist. Not live. Life is with God, where you have love and joy and peace and fil fulfillment, happiness, all that, right? But you exist. That's why there's a heaven and there's a hell, right? So we don't cease to exist. But when we speak about death, it basically means separation from God. And God is everything that we long for. Amen. The love, the joy, the goodness, the life, the light, the provision, the fellowship, the kindness, everything. But hell is going to be void of all of that, any kind of comfort. In hell, there will be no such thing. It's torment, flames, and never ending with no hope. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. That's why we have a very, very important job, but we're going to get to that. Amen? How many of you here, if I may, how many of you have ever led a soul to the Lord? If you've ever led a soul to the Lord, raise your hand. Well done. Well done. That is our high calling in Christ Jesus. Because if it wasn't about the lost, Jesus could have just taken us home right away. Why are we kept here in this fallen world with all the challenges and all the obstacles, which is not his perfect will for us, because he loves them too. He doesn't just love me. He loves everybody and everyone out there. Amen? Amen. That's why we are still here. Now, so it says in verse 2, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world. So as a result of spiritual death, man began to walk opposite of the ways that God had intended. God never intended for anyone to kill anybody, steal from anybody, hurt anybody. None of the, all of that, right? None of that. Or argue with anybody. Even that, he never intended for that. But it didn't happen all at once. It was a step-by-step -step departure from God. But it has been absolute and all-inclusive. Now, dead people cannot help themselves. They cannot even move any part of their being. Dead people cannot help themselves. Therefore, they need a Savior. Who is our one and only Savior? Jesus. Say it loud so I can hear you. Jesus! Jesus. Is there anyone but Jesus? No. no. So who is it? Jesus! Jesus. Amen. Amen. There Amen. is none other. Why is there none other? I've heard of Buddha, I've heard of Krishna, I've heard of Muhammad, I've heard of all these others. Why not them? They never died for you. They never paid the price. And they were not God's son. Even if they had maybe died for you, they never rose again Amen. because they were not a pure sacrifice. Amen. They were sinners. Yes. Well said, Emily. They never died for you, and they never rose again for you. So you can call a Christian narrow-minded, but Jesus said narrow is the gate, and few there be that find it. Pride, why can it be my way? Pride can prevent us from escaping hell. Isn't that yeah. terrible? It's true, but it's terrible. So there is none but Jesus. Amen? Amen. And we need, we need him. We need a savior. All of us walked according to the course of this world. We were all headed down the same path, bound by habits and desires, peer pressure even, that we could not break on our own. It was our nature to live in sin. Many sinners think that they're making their own decisions. Oh, I just want to do what I want to do. Mm. But that's not so. I mean, that they want to do what they want to do, that is so. But that is that they're independent and just making their own decisions is not so. This verse and many others reveal that Satan is the one controlling the unsaved. It said that, as you see, according to the prince of the power of the air. So that prince of the power of the air controlled us before we came to Jesus. 
Not all demonic activity is obvious as it is in those who are demon-possessed. However, those who are given to pride and resist and reject God and selfishness are being controlled by Satan too. This is obvious because these traits are not part of the nature of God. Amen? Amen. Therefore, it is not of God. Therefore, if it is not of God, it is of the enemy. And we've got to guard against it. It is so easy to fall into the trap of pride. You know, because your spirit, soul, and body, and sometimes you fall into the flesh. Mm. Like, look, look how good I am. Look, I must be a little bit better than that. That pride, and that hardens your heart towards others. It's a trap of the enemy. Let's, you know, to be forewarned, I mean, uh, is to be forearmed. Like, if we realize how the enemy seeks our downfall mm. through these secret it's not so obvious. I mean, if someone is demon-possessed and comes in here screaming, behaving like a maniac, it's obvious to see he's full of the devil, right? Oh. But if someone walks around in pride and hardness of heart, we may not realize it. But we have to be wise, be wise, and not yield our hearts to that. Amen? Now, in verse 3, it said, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So the lost human spirit actually became united to Satan. That's scary to think of, that he would have full control over our spirits. Amen? So that man was by nature the children of wrath. It was our nature to sin. That describes the hopelessness of the condition of the entire world who do not know him. So we should pity the poor. Amen? When we see people who do not know them, we have the power, we have the wherewithal to set them free because we have the Spirit of God in us. Amen? Yes. We can lead them to the light, lead them Amen. to life. And it's our responsibility to do that. We need to let our light shine, because they are helpless. They are dead, spiritually dead. A dead man or woman cannot help themselves. We need to help them. Amen? Amen. So God told Adam and Eve that in the day they ate of the forbidden fruit, they would surely die. They didn't die physically that day. That day. How did they die? If they did not die physically, the day they sinned, how did they die? Anyone? Say it loud. Spiritually. That's right. And what does it mean to die spiritually? Do you know? I won't put you on spot. But what, what we just talked about it, what does spiritual death mean? Separation from God. Separation from God. And God is life. Amen. Amen. He's many other things, but right now we are talking about life and death. So that means we are separated from God. Spiritual death is separation from God. We do not wish that for anyone. Amen. So... The, the spiritual death resulted in emotional misery all of their days and eventually physical death centuries later. Centuries, they lived quite long. Genesis 5, 5 says, And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. So death started in the spiritual, in the spirit, and eventually manifested itself in the physical. Likewise, the new life takes place in the spirit and eventually manifests itself in the physical, proportional to how much believers renew their minds. I want to say, we have heard amazing testimonies this morning of ladies filled with the spirit and power of God, conveying that to others, laying their hands yes. on the sick, 
and seeing them healed, even over the phone. Like the sincere said, just speak the word. You don't even have to come in person. Here we have people, they did it over the phone. You are filled with that life, whether you feel like it or not. It's not a matter of what you feel. It's a matter of what you know. It's a matter of what you believe. It's in you. Any one of us here who is born again can do the same. We can lay our hands upon the sick and see them recover. You can do it just as well as anyone. I might stand behind this, but I'm not any different from you. It's the same spirit in each and every one of us. Let's stir up the gift that is within us. Amen. Let's stir up. Let's heal a broken, dying world. Let's give them life and health healing. Amen. Because it's in us. So let's give it. Amen. Amen. And I see you're already on a mission to do so. Well done. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well done. So now, I want you just to take a minute to think. <clears throat> Pause a second and think about your own life before you came to know the Lord or even before you came to a deeper knowledge of the truth. Take just a, close your eyes. Compare your life to what it was like then and what it is like today. Just take one moment. All right. Which life do you prefer? The before or the now? The now. The now. The now. The now. now there are so many out there with just the before. They are going to prefer the now. Amen. 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 So let's get them into the kingdom, kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Philip. Now, verses four, to, 4 through 10, the theme of those verses is salvation. All right? So I think that for the sake of time, I won't read all of them. I'll just cover it. We'll read one at a time. So who would like to read verse 4? Who has English? I preferably... Okay. Yeah, I don't have lights, I guess. You know. Okay, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Okay. And I have the same in the Amplified. It says, but God, so rich in his mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Intense. Can we all say intense love? What kind of love? Intense love. Intense love. Intense. That's like, yeah. I would say that's like an overdose. I don't know if I can say, but completely like so strong and passionate that nothing can sway it. You're so intense, nothing can stop it. Amen. Amen. Passionate. Amen. Strong. Amen. Steadfast. Amen. Reliable. Faithful. Amen. Amen. Intense. And we need to be intense for Christ. Amen. Amen. That love has been put in us. It's in us. Yo, let's go give it out. Amen. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost power. Amen. Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So the Lord was the Lord wasn't motivated to save us because of obligation or duty or responsibility or pity. So, okay, well, I feel sorry for them. Okay, maybe let come on. No, 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 none of that, none of that. It was his intense love. Say it again. Intense love. And do you know that he has that intense love for those out there that have not yet been reached? He cries, he weeps for them. His intense love, imagine. Your child, whom you love intently, suffering, suffering, but you're not able, but you wish. You know what? Sometimes 
I think the Lord put this in my heart. We pray prayers. We pray a lot of prayers, right? And sometimes we say, Lord, why are you not answering my prayers? But one time I felt the Lord was saying, and why are you not answering mine? I have no other feet but your feet. No other hands but your hands. No other mouth but your mouth. No other eyes but your eyes. No other ears but your ears. Why are you not answering my prayers? I am praying you would go. I am praying you would forget yourself and just do my bidding. I'm praying you would trust me to take care of you in the going, to anoint you, to help you, to strengthen you, to enable you. Why are you not thinking of answering my prayers? Amen? Jesus, Jesus needs us. We think, oh, he's God, he's, yes, but he has limited himself to work through us. Have you heard any testimony of a person being born again where Jesus appeared in person? Well, I have to admit, I have heard <coughs> Muslims in a dream or a vision mm. who were maybe in prison or something, something, but they saw Jesus. Mm. So he will do that, but generally speaking, those are the exceptions, right? He sent us to preach the gospel. Mm. He didn't send angels, he sent us to preach mm. the gospel. Amen. 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 So let's not disappoint. We say we love him so much, let's act like it. Amen. Amen. If you really love somebody, you want to do their bidding because you love them. Yeah, they ask you, could you do this? Oh, of course. Anything else? What else? Can I do more? <laughs> Amen. Therefore, accepting salvation is accepting his love. Amen. That is a good thought to think. Amen. You accept the salvation, you are accepting his love. Anyone who prays only to escape hell and doesn't receive God's love is missing the whole point of salvation, which is to enter into a loving relationship with the Father. Amen? Amen. Say now, say I was going to go to Denmark and say you asked me, Oh, I would really like to come to Denmark. Can I come to Denmark? And I said, yes, you can come to Denmark. And you come to Denmark, and I said, but don't come to my house. Just, you can be in Denmark, but not, um, I don't want you in my house. How would you feel? I came here to Denmark. <laughs> or say, or say, actually, I'm presenting it the wrong way. Say you do come to Denmark, but when you do come, you do not want to come to my house because you don't come to spend time with me. You just come to escape South Africa. Maybe load shedding. You've had enough now. <laughs> right? How would I feel if I say, come, come to my kingdom, come? But you said, I'm here now, I'm fine. I don't want to come to your house. I'm not really interested in you. I've escaped load shedding. That's good enough for me. How would I feel? Ah, let's not do that to Jesus. Amen? He's the reason for it all. Okay. So the whole purpose of salvation is that God desires us. Intense love. If you really love someone intently, you want to be with them. You want to spend time with them. I want you to come to my house. Not stay out there. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in order to fully understand what eternal life is, it's helpful to understand what it is not. Eternal life is not living forever. Everyone lives forever in either heaven or hell. Also, eternal life is not living forever in the blessings of heaven as opposed to being tormented in hell. The following two scriptures show that Eternal life is a present tense possession. It's something we have now, not one day. John 3.36. John 3.36. He that believes on the Son has, has. That's a present tense. Right now, I have it right now. Everlasting life. And he that believes not the Son shall not see life 
but the wrath of God abides on him. But he that believes the Son has, right now, you have, you have it, right now. Amen. The minute you receive Jesus, you have eternal life. We need to, I know, we all know about salvation, but remember, we are going to go out and tell others. We are his ambassadors. As his ambassadors, it is important that we know our message well. Amen? So it's always good to go back and reinforce the foundation. You know, when somebody builds a house, they first put down the foundation, right? But you cannot then go away and forget all about the foundation, no. Once every so often they inspect the foundation. Is there any crack? Is there any repair that's needed? lest it begin to crumble, right? So you can, we are reinforcing, you can consider this a reinforcement of the foundation. Amen? Amen. So if you've heard it before, good for you. So John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life right now and shall not come into condemnation but it's passed from death unto life. Amen. So we have, we have, you have. And as we've seen evidence, it has come through you to others. Amen? Yes. Amen. John 17, 3. And this is life eternal. Now Jesus is going to define what eternal life is. He says that they might know you. Know who is you? Who you is he talking about? Jesus is speaking. And who is he talking about? The Father, right? That we may know the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So we need to know the Father and Jesus. After all, Jesus is the only entrance through which we can come to the Father. He said, I am the door. No man comes unto the Father but by me. That was John 14, 6. So we've got to go through Jesus. Amen? Amen? There is no other way. People love, oh, why does it have to be Jesus? Because of his intense love. <coughs> Nobody else had that intense love for you. Nobody. Praise God. Thank God Amen. for Jesus. Amen? Amen? So Jesus defined eternal life as knowing God the Father and Jesus Christ. To know, the word to know, is speaking of an intimacy instead of a mere intellectual knowledge. I could have read about Philip in a book, this Greek person who went to South Africa. I could have read about him, and I would have had an intellectual knowledge. But now that I am his wife, now that I have an intimate relationship with him, I know him on a completely different level that the book could have never provided. Amen? And the word know that they might know Jesus is saying that you might have that deep, intimate, personal relationship with God. How do you get such a relationship? I mean, I can read my Bible and I can intellectually know and hear all this about Jesus, right? But there's more than just reading the Word. There's fellowshipping. There's meditating. Pause. Think deeply. What is this Word saying? How does this relate to me? How does it relate to my relationship with God? What does Jesus want me to do about this? Why is this important? You thought, and then there's the prayer, your prayer life. You love him, you allow him to speak to you. Remember, prayer is not just you speaking to God. If I would only speak to Philip, speak to him, speak to him, and I would never listen to one word he had to say. Would it be a fulfilling relationship for Philip? No. I might feel fine. I got to pour out. I told you everything. I'm just recording. No, no comments. No comments. <laughs> I'm just recording. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> no, but that wouldn't be fulfilling. God wants to speak to us. And when he speaks to us, we don't need to expect an audible voice out loud. Yeah. He can just give us an impression, yes. a peace in our heart to do this or that, or to not do this or not do that, right? He speaks to us. He's not in a box where the only way he can speak is an audible voice. 
No, he gives us impression, he gives us peace, he gives us different ways, but that's now a different subject. I have to try to stick to what I'm supposed to talk about, right? Amen. Therefore, eternal life is an intimate personal relationship with God, the Father, and Jesus the Son. So according to John 3.16 now, would you all please together quote out loud. You all know John 3.16, the key verse in the Bible. I'm going to say one, two, three, and then I want you all to quote it to me. One, two, three. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Very, very good. You know that that is the key verse in the Bible. Never forget it. And did you know, someone told me once, that's all you need to know to lead a soul to Jesus. Tell them John 3.16. Amen? So all of us here are equipped to win the world for Jesus. Amen? Amen. You know John 3.16. And you know much more than that. Much more than that. So according to John 3.16, this intimacy with God is what salvation is all about. Forgiveness of our sins is not the point of salvation. This intimacy with the Father is, of course, Jesus did die to purchase forgiveness for our sins because unforgiven sins blocked us from intimacy with God. But God was not just after our sins being forgiven. He was after us, intimacy with us. That was the joy that was set before him. Not just forgiving our sins. Our sins had to be dealt with because it was like, this is now between Philip and I. It blocks the way. I can't go straight to. But once that's dealt with, out of the way, now I can have intimacy now there can be intimacy. No. Amen? So that is what God wants from us. He wants relationship. He wants intimacy. Amen? Let's give it to him, shall we? Amen. Let's tell him, we love you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. Of course, Jesus... Okay, sorry. Sin was an obstacle that stood between God and us. It had to be dealt with, and it was. But anyone who views salvation as only forgiveness of sin and stops there is missing out on eternal life. Life. God is the life. Intimacy with the life. That's what we want. Amen? Amen. That's what he desires. He loves us. He loves us. And do you know that you, you are unique. You are unique. Don't ever, ever think, well, he's got so many others. I'm sorry. No one can ever fulfill the place he has for you. You could say, I've got 10 kids I can spare. Which parent in the world would ever say, I've got 10 kids I have one to spare? No one. No. There's none to spare. Amen? So don't ever think you're not important. Don't ever, ever, ever think you're not important. You are important. Amen? Amen. So. So salvation was intended to be presented as the way to come back into harmony with God. Instead, it has often been presented as the way to escape the problems of this life now and the judgment of hell later. It is possible to become born again with that kind of thinking, where all you want is to escape the hells, the flames of hell, and later judgment. You can be born again thinking like that, but more often than not, people who are saved through that type of ministry view the Lord as someone to help them in times of crisis but don't come to know him. And I'm sorry, if you do not come to know him, you are missing out great time. 
What about all the fellowship and intimacy I've had with Philip? If Philip was just somebody I would call when I had a crisis, I would miss out big time. Amen? And it says, your maker is your husband. It says that in the Bible. It says, your maker is your husband. We need to view him with the intent of intimacy. Amen? So, <clears throat> I'm going to skip parts because, you know, sometimes I wish we were the Chinese church. Why? They, had, they would spend 12 hours together and more if need be. Nothing more important than our time together. Shall we play China? Who wants to play China time for that? <laughs> Nobody, okay. <laughs> so, now we, we just read verse 4, right? We read Ephesians 4 that said, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. But now, it said that Ephesians 2 verse 3, the one we read right before, it said, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That was a pretty dismal picture of our condition. But did you notice, how does verse 4 start? But God. Hallelujah. What did it say? But God. Everyone together. But God. But God. Never forget that. Your situation may at times look dismal, even hopeless, even like an insurmountable obstacle. Always remember, but God. But God. Amen? Did you get a bad report from the doctor? But God. Did you get a big bill and you seemingly cannot meet it? But God. Do you have a broken relationship that seems irreparable? But, but God. God. Hallelujah. What is it? But God. But God. Never forget God. Never forget. He wants to walk with you through every step of this life. He's there for you. And with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Let's not block him through wrong mindsets. Let's renew our minds and remember with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now we're going to go to verse 5. It says, Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. So although this verse says, by grace you are saved, verse 8, which we're going to get to a little later, clearly states that we are saved by grace through faith. Amen. Grace alone doesn't save, or everyone would be saved, right? I mean, salvation is available. Grace is available, but grace alone does not save. Now, in Titus 2.11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The word for, now remember how we spoke about in the first verse in this chapter, it began with the word and, and that word and connected to the previous chapter, the thought of the resurrection of Christ and how we are likewise raised, right? Now the word for, it brings us to verse 10, the one in front, the one just before, and it says, not purloining. Purloining, that's an English word, an old English word for stealing. I'm, I'm just, I had the King James here. But it could be referring, don't steal money or things or time, right? But showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of our Savior in all things. So the word fidelity was translated from the word, the Greek word pistis? Pistis. Pistis. Which is the dominant word for faith and belief in the New Testament. Faith and belief. This is simply saying that our employers, those who give us jobs, should be able to trust us completely. How, trust us what? 
Completely, not just a little bit, oh, well, I hope not, I'm not sure. No, 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 no. I know for a fact I can trust. Amen? The, new, the NIV translates this verse, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive so that they can make it what? Attractive. attractive. If they know they can trust you, yet this person is a Christian, I know they're a real God-fearing person. I like to be like they are. I can trust them. I haven't found other people like that. I would like to know more about what kind of faith is it they have. It makes it attractive. I want to know, how come you're so different? I've had 10 other people working for me. I couldn't trust them. They stole my paper clips. They stole my scissors. They stole my tape. They stole my money, even. They stole my time. They wasted my time, said they would be here. They weren't here. But uh, this one, and this one calls herself a Christian. Wonder about this Christianity. That's quite interesting. I would like to know more. Are you making the gospel attractive? Amen? It's not only about our walk between us and God, that we fear God and therefore we will do. But it's also a way to preach the gospel indirectly through our sample. Amen? Amen. So, the reason we should act properly in our dealings is because God's grace has come to everyone and given every person a revelation of right and wrong. Do you know that every person, even if they're not born again, we have all been given a conscience. And that conscience, through that conscience, did you know that our conscience is the first and most foundational way in which God speaks to us? You just, you know, you intuitively know. You have this intuitive knowledge. You know right from wrong. And sometimes, even if you wonder, something just doesn't sit right, right? He's given you that knowledge. And so even whether people are born again and have the Holy Spirit as their teacher or not, they have a conscience and they know right from wrong. Amen? Amen. So, therefore, even unbelievers will recognize if we are not living properly. If grace alone saved, then all people would be saved because the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared or come to all. But we have to respond to God's grace in faith. Faith alone doesn't save us either. If God had provided salvation by his grace, our faith would have had nothing to appropriate or lay hold of. God doesn't save us just by grace. Grace is what he has already done for us, completely independent of what we deserve. Faith is our positive response to what he has already done for us. So grace is God's gift. Say, grace is God's gift. Grace. Faith is our response. And I am sorry, if I want to give you this paper and you refuse to take it, I cannot give it to you. You've got to respond. You've got to reach out and receive. And so it is with anything God gives us. It is by grace, through faith. He wants to give you the healing you need in your body. You've got to reach out and take it. You've got to believe. What is it that reaches out? It's the hand of faith. It is that believing, trusting. And faith is not hope. There's a difference. There's a difference between faith and hope. Faith knows. Faith wish, hope wishes, but faith knows. And how do we get to know? Diligently. Diligently studying the word of God and believing it, receiving it, and standing on it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Neither give place for the devil. Do not let the devil cause you to doubt what God has said. Let every man be called a liar and God be true. Amen. Amen. Amen? If God said it, I don't care what Tom, Peter, Hans say, I believe this. Amen. If you ask me to believe your word or God's word, I'm going to believe God's word. Amen. 
He cannot lie. You could lie, or you could have misunderstood. You could be misapplying. I don't know what, but if it's contrary to what God said, we will stand upon the word of God. Amen. 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 Let's stand upon the word of God. God never fails. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So our so faith is our positive response to what he has already done for us. It takes a combination of God's grace and our faith. And there you see, we are again in relationship. This is what God wants. He wants relationship with us. Amen? God gives and we receive. But the receiving part is our part. So we cannot, he cannot both do the giving and the receiving. Amen? Amen. So it takes a combination of God's grace and our faith in his grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. Let's say that all together. For by grace are you saved through faith. By grace through faith. By grace through faith. faith. Amen? The Greek word translated has appeared, which we saw in Titus 2.11, literally means to shine upon or become visible, or known. This leaves no doubt that God has revealed himself and his saving grace to every person who has ever lived on earth. Many people would disagree with this, but this is the record that God has given us. God said, my grace has appeared to all men. If he said so, who am I to question him? Who am I to say no? No. He said it. We just said we believe the word of God above the word of man. Amen? Amen. So, to continue verse 5. So, it is an amazing, unconditional act of love performed by God in Christ. This did not happen after we had straightened up our lives. Sometimes you might witness to somebody and they'll say, oh, well, I'm not ready. I need to get ready. You cannot get ready. You cannot straighten up your own life. You will never be ready. If that's your attitude, don't agree with them. Don't ever say, yes, go get ready. They'll never get ready. You cannot get ready on your own. Amen? We cannot straighten up our own lives. But so this salvation, this gift happened While we were dead in sins, we talked about a dead person. Can a dead person help him or herself? Mm. No. Don't tell me I'm going to go and help myself get ready. You can't. You're dead. Uh You better just receive the life. Uh Amen? Amen. 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 Because, you know, we have an enemy that goes about, so don't agree with the enemy that they should go and get ready. Amen? Amen? They can't move, talk. Someone that's dead cannot move, talk, or respond in any way because they have no life. We were given life through Christ when we were dead in our sins. This was an act of grace independent of our efforts. Do you know that you cannot even say, oh, well, yeah, but I chose to believe. Yeah, in a sense you might say that, but you know it says by grace... For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So now, by grace, through faith, right? So, uh, do you know, so, and that not of yourself, that word that, you think, oh yeah, salvation is not of myself. But do you know that word that also refers to the faith? Because a dead person, you can't reach out, and faith reaches out. Even the faith to receive Jesus is a gift. The faith to believe, even that is the gift of God. We cannot pride ourselves of our faith. It's all a gift of God. The salvation and the faith to receive it is a gift of God. Amen? I want to say, in conclusion, I would like to say this. We have to realize the amazing gift that we have received through salvation. And we have to realize that that 
that gift of salvation, it is all inclusive. It's not just that we live in the life to come. It's that we live in health. It's that we live in prosperity. How does true prosperity come? Am I talking about living with money? Is that the prosperity I'm talking about? No. If you know that there are people who were millionaires that committed suicide, the money didn't keep them from, from the despair. They, they despaired of life. Even they had millions in the bank, those millions in the bank did not help them. I'm talking about prosperity in the true riches. What are the true riches? That we may know the Lord Amen. and his ways. Amen? And that we may be his disciples. That we can pass on lo uh, life and health and love and all that the Lord wants to give in this world, right? So like, now we have really been entrusted with the most important message of all times and in this world, right? And that is the message of life. So I want to say, who can you share this message with? Who do you know that has not yet been born again? Do you have a neighbor who seems to not know the Lord? Do you, have, do you know of a child? Do you know of a family relative? Do you know of anybody like that that still needs Jesus? Now, what are you doing about it? One thing that you can do is you can write what we call a hit list. What is a hit list? That's like, I'm gonna, the people's names on this list, I'm gonna pray over them for salvation, for them to come to a deeper knowledge of the truth, for the Lord to send people across their path to minister to them. And even if he sends you, for me to have the wisdom and the courage and the boldness to minister to them. But you should do that, you ought to do that. We all ought to do that. Amen. Have what we call a hit list, where we write down the people's names. And now you have heard of that intense love with which Christ loved you and me while we were dead. We did nothing, there was absolutely nothing we could do to, dis to deserve it. In fact, we did everything that made us not deserve it. We walked according to the his very arch enemy, Satan. We walked according to the ways of the world, according to the prince of the air. Mm. We walked according to his arch enemy's ways. And yet, and yet, he had that intense love for us and delivered us. Who can you share that with? Some people might think I'm too bad. God would have nothing to do with me. You don't know what I've done. Doesn't matter. Jesus is the payment he made for salvation covers all, all. Don't ever think your sin is ever greater than his forgiveness. That's, that could never be. He paid above and beyond. Amen? Who can you share this with? How has this impacted you? And will you share it with someone else? What does this do now in your relationship? You know, I've, I really do need more time, I'm, I'm not going to take it, but I do. Because I want to say, I don't know if it really stuck with you enough yeah. what JB shared. Because he shared out of chapter 1, and he shared about your identity in Christ. Now, we have an enemy, and he would go and say, Philip, you argue with your wife, who are you to share the gospel with somebody? And if you don't know who you are in Christ, you see, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm ashamed, I feel guilty. Who am I to talk with me? Rather not. Um, the enemy will do that. He'll try to topple each and every one of us and say, you're not good enough. Look at you. You're far from perfect. Who are you to tell anybody anything? Look at you. You fell here. You fell there. You. Who are you? And if I don't, if I relate to myself according to the flesh, I'm going to say, oh yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll, I'll be quiet. Who am I? And I'll crawl under the nearest carpet. But if I know who I am in Christ, I will say, I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness of God. And I will go forth in not my strength, but the strength of the Lord. And I will conquer the world, and they will know that they that have turned the world right side up have come hither also Amen. to St. Lawrence Pass. Amen? Amen.
You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.